this is how we do things. This is who we are fundamentally. You're either with us or you're not. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acree. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already, and while you're there, drop us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. This week's Furcher uh, <laughs> featured <laughs> review comes from G Propes 7. So I don't know, G, G Propes 7. G Props? G Props. Well, it was spelled with an E. Okay, maybe not. Yeah. So okay. G Probe says uh, the co- the title of the review is The Dad Jokes. Oh. Five stars. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he says, he or she says, I'm a new agent. My broker in charge recommended this podcast and the information is amazing. Super helpful so far. But let's be honest. I'm here for the dad jokes. Dang. We knew it was worth it. We knew it was We got one fan. One fan out there. (laughs) All right. Our guest today is a return guest. Uh, Her name is Jess Lenovel. Uh, she's been a real estate agent for over 15 years and built a multiple seven-figure businesses from scratch that sold over 400 million in property in four years. She's the creator of the listing lab method, which has helped hundreds of real estate agents create unlimited income, freedom, and impact on other people's lives. Jess has been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, and is the author of More Money, Less Hustle, Becoming the Seven-Figure Real Estate Agent. Jess, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Did I say your name right? Did I I put you your name? It's pretty close. It's pretty close. So Americans can't say my name. (laughs) It's it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, You guys don't have like, you guys took Spanish instead of French. Yes. So uh, it's Lunavel. Lunavel. But Lunavel. Well, you'll you'll learn... Um, like for me, like you mentioned Spanish, like this is the only thing that irritated me about being homeschooled. So for those who don't know, I was homeschooled like all the way to college and my dad speaks fluent Spanish. Yeah. He grew up in Uruguay. He, he didn't teach us Spanish. You homeschooled us and you didn't, I was like, dad, I, I got to hold that you one know, against you, brother. I, I get it. I get it. I, um, I grew up, my dad's, I'm half Chinese. My dad speaks Mandarin and Cantonese Wow. and nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know why. Were you homeschooled though? I was not. Okay. But still. Yeah. I, I mean, it's still terrible, but I think I get the double whammy. Like you, you chose to home educate me and you didn't teach me the language, you know, dad, come on. But that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> Maybe homeschooling. We'll talk about another day, but love having you back. I was mentioning in, I call it the green room, but before we came on the podcast, you know, your, your episode, when we had you on, I mean, we got such good feedback on. I mean, people loved it. We got a lot of great comments and a lot of listens. And so I was so excited when you reached out and said, hey, writing this book, releasing this book, would love to come on and talk about it. So I would love for you to share just maybe for the audience that didn't listen to the first episode, give them kind of the quick minute of who is Jess and then why'd you write this book? Yeah, so... um... I was an agent for a long time. I don't sell anymore. I actually just let my license go, which was a whole identity crisis in itself. Um, And I wrote this book because I was never the person who grew up thinking, oh, one day I'm going to be an author and I'm going to write a book. That was not on my radar whatsoever. Um, I just found that I was getting so many people who were like, oh, I read this book. What do you think about this? Or I read this book. What do you think about this? And it was all so geared around that hustle, grind, Hmm. no pain, no gain mentality. And I think that we've come out of that era. We are no longer in that 
you know, you've got to suffer to be successful mindset. I think COVID helped with it, but I think we've been on our way out for a couple of years. And especially in the real estate industry, we all know everything's always five to 10 years behind. And so I couldn't find anything that was really saying what I believe is true which is that that's not really the way that things have to be anymore. And a lot of the tools and a lot of the things that we have access to in the day and age that we live in aren't being utilized very well because a lot of the training and a lot of the guidance and and a lot of the the people who are putting their voices out there are people who were successful in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Mm. So um, I really wanted to kind of put that message out there. And I, it was one of those situations where it's like, well, if I'm not going to, if, if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it. (laughs) And, and that was really kind of what sparked the book. Um, it's very conversational. If you read it, I, I dictated most of it. I was not, I'm not the person who's going to sit down and write a 200 page book on my computer. Um, I dictated a tremendous amount of it and then we cleaned it up. So it sounds very much like me. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it was sort of a, a pa- more of like a, okay, I feel obligated to do this rather yeah. than anything else, Give back, yeah. but, but I'm glad, I'm glad it's out there. People have absolutely loved it. It's, um, it, it's, it, it flirts with number one on Amazon on and off, That's awesome. depending on the day. <laughs> um, well, you talked uh, about this idea of the, yeah. the idea of uh, the seven pillars, right? You've got these seven yeah. pillars that can lead to becoming a seven figure real estate agent. Can you touch on some of those, those pillars yeah, and what that looks like? Yeah. So the, so the way that the structure of the book is, is that yes, it's broken down into the seven pil- pillars, but it's not just about the seven pil- pillars to seven figures. The, the, the caveat here is seven figures with freedom. Mm. I, anybody can hustle their way to seven figures, mm-hmm. truly, mm. um, and, and be incredibly unhappy and incredibly burnt out. Mm. Um, I've been it. I've done it. I, the first time I hit seven figures in my real estate business, I did it alone. It was horrible. I do not recommend. Um, so the reason why the book the book is structured the way that it is, it starts with mindset, it ends with vision, um, and then there's everything in between. Is really because those are all the pieces that you need in order to have the, what I call kind of the trifecta of why most people get into the business in the first place. Unlimited income potential, you know, no ceiling on what you can make, being able to set your own schedule and that element of freedom and wanting to help a lot of people. And I think that I would say 95% of the people who get into this industry never see one, let alone all of those things because they allow themselves to be the cap on their business or they allow their bandwidth to, to basically be the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So the, the way that the book is set up is yes, we go through marketing, of course, because you know, you're not going to have the business that you want to have without like the, the basic marketing piece, which we talked for the whole podcast last time on, Yep. but there's also these elements of, you know, team and hiring and leadership, um, operations and systems, being able to really push your business forward in a way from, from a place of vision. I think the number one mistake that people make or that agents make is that they start the business and never actually know what they're building. Like, what does the end result really look like? And so everything is kind of... All, it's, it's like trying to like drive from one coast to the other with no map. Yeah, You're just literally just like winging it. And like when, when it feels good to turn, you're going to turn. And, and really at the end of the day, you have no control over where you end up. 
So whether you're a brand new agent or whether you're doing half a million dollars a year, there has to be this end result, very clear idea of what this is going to, what, what you're building or what this is going to look like in the future, because then everything becomes easy. Mm-hmm. You just reverse engineer everything back from there. And whether, and I use the EOS model or like Gina Wickman teaches this as well, which yeah. is like 10 year, three year, one year quarters. Right. And when you work backwards like that, I mean, that's why I live in the Bahamas. Right. <laughs> it, I didn't just magically end up here. Was it that was, part of your three year type vision? Or 100%. Ten, wow. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. And so you, you get really clear on exactly what things are going to look like, what the day to day is going to look like, what the business is going to look like. It facilitates the lifestyle that you want. And then you reverse engineer it and it becomes almost impossible not to create. When you're out at the 10 year, uh, sorry to get a little bit technical on this, but I'd love to get your advice. When you're at the 10 year and thinking in that concept in the three year, do you remove like the specifics from a a tangible standpoint, like, and it's way more just the life you want to see and the company you want to be and and all that stuff. Because 10 years, it's really hard to like, who who knows what the TikTok of 10 years is going to be for now. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, it's not about the details. It's about the, like, what is the actual, like, what does your day-to-day look like? What does your team look like? What, what is your team working on? It like the platform doesn't matter. And the, you know, it's, it really comes down to how is this going to fit into what you want for your life? And where does the revenue and the profit of the business have to be? You don't have to know any more than that. Love that. Right. Okay. Just what like, and, and 10 years is a long time you need to give yourself room for that to change. And it needs to be reevaluated every once in a while because, you know, you may learn something or read a book or, you know, have something happen in your life that shifts or changes what you ultimately want. And that's also, that's fine, right? But again, you can't create a path to something if you don't know what that something is. No, I totally agree. You can't hit a target that's not defined and it keeps you on course. All right, I love to pick your brain because I have a lot of people in my life right now that are at a stage of trying to build teams, right? And and they're kind of like, should I just be an agent? Should I build a team? How do you know when you should hire the first person? So super tangible, you do an energy audit. Okay. Everything that you do in your business or in your personal life in one sheet, we do this. I'm I'm actually re-energy audit, auditing this week. My COO, who is the boss of me, she is um, she makes us do this like every six months, and I fight it every time. <laughs> hate doing it, but then it's always so worth it. Um, and so you write down or you, you track everything. And then from there, you categorize it into basically the value of the value that you can associate with each item. Like, you know, is it high value, mid value, low value? Um, There's a ton of agents out there that are making $500,000 a year that are doing 10 or $15 an hour tasks on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. If you removed those, right, and you reinvested that hour, two hours, three hours into a $1,000 an hour task, that could be the difference between where you are and where you want to be. Yeah, it's such a great so, point. It's just, it's, it, and, and it's just, it's small tweaks here and there. The other thing that's really important to look at, yes, we look at the value adds and like off source and, and outsourcing those, those lowest, lowest end tasks. But before you even think about outsourcing anything, before you even think about a human team, automation comes first. Right. So 
Tim Ferriss says this all the time, eliminate, automate, outsource. So that's the order of attack that people have to go through. There is a big red book out there that everyone believes is the holy grail in terms of how to grow a real estate team. And there's a lot of push in the outsourcing, which is great. Yes, team is fantastic. But the piece that's missing is the automation. Why would you pay someone $20 an hour to do a job that a piece of software can do for $500 a year? Where are you right? seeing that so, automation? Like where are the biggest areas where that automation can be implemented? It can be pretty much anywhere in the business. It can be marketing. It can be in um, client delivery, like contract to close. It can be... Um, I mean, it can be an onboarding. It can, okay. like there's just there's 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 no part of the business that something can't be automated, okay. right? And there may be pieces of things that you know that a human needs to do, but wouldn't you rather have that human being doing the things all, that only a human being can do, or that only someone um, that actually has emotional intelligence yeah. need like like where it's needed? It allows everything to be so much more scalable. It's more time efficient, but it's also a lot more financially efficient. So really, I think a lot of the time what happens is... And we teach small lean teams. We don't teach giant expansion teams. Okay. So, so I think that that also kind of starts to alleviate some of the fears that people have about growing a team. Um, you know, we have people who sometimes have said, I've grown a team and I hated it. And I'm like, well chances are you became the assistant to the team mm. because things were not set up properly. Wow. So because it was your business, you felt like you had to do all the things that nobody else wanted to do or catch all the balls that were dropped. Isn't that true? That, it's so that true. Is so true. So yeah. what's, what do you see as the biggest mistake then that agents make when they're hiring? Is that it? Is it them like going and doing, like they get this team and then they go and do the things that they weren't at this, you know, that they're so good at in the first place. Well, I just think that it's not like, it's not systematic in terms yeah. of the way that they hire. And I also think that you have to be really clear about what's coming off your plate and exactly what the roles and responsibilities are and what the system is that is going to create success for that person. How many of us have myself, I'm guilty of this too, in my twenties, hire your first assistant, throw them into absolute chaos. <laughs> Right, like, I, like this, this I'm, ra I'm raising my hand <laughs> right? if, right? if people are We've watching the video. We've all done it. Absolute chaos, and pray for then, a miracle. You know, <laughs> three months later, you're like, she didn't work out. Yep, mm -hmm. and you and it's sucked. like, okay, yep. well, you blame it on that person when in fact you didn't. You expected someone who earns a fraction of what you make, and you didn't give her, her, her or him any of the tools that they needed to be successful. There were no standard operating procedures. There were no systems. There was no organization. And you think that that's their failure when in fact it's your own. And so a lot of the, the ways that we go about hiring is we hire from a place of desperation, which is never the right thing to do, mm. right? So right now, in many places in North America, the market's a little slower. Yeah. This is the perfect time to hire and train. Because you have time. You have time to not only set up the systems, but also create all the standard operating procedures that are needed, find the right person, onboard that person properly, train them, and give them everything that they need to be successful and run in that role. As opposed to when you're absolutely swamped, you don't have a free minute, and you bring somebody on and say, figure it out. Yeah. And then you penalize them for not being able to figure it out. 
Yeah. What did, what advice would you give of hiring versus outsourcing and thinking specifically like one of the first hires for most people is like an administrative mm-hmm. assistant type hire, right? Yep. They help you with paperwork. They help you with those type of tasks. You know, you can outsource to virtual companies in the Philippines, right? Is it an option for real estate agents? I own I one. There you go. So you, so like what's the <laughs> thought process there that you would I think advise. it depends. Okay. It depends. It depends on, um, there are situations where you need someone physically there. There are very few and far between, but they exist. I think that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to have VAs very, and again, be super clear in terms of what you need have solid standard operating procedures. Our VA company that that we own, um, it's we only place for real estate agents. So okay. it's not like we're an overall VA agency. It's just for VA. It's just for real what, estate agents. What's, what's the name of your company so everybody knows? It's called Agent Freedom. Okay, I didn't even know you owned that. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what we do is like we train the VAs on one of two packages. Okay. Whether it's an admin assistant or it's social media management. Okay, right? gotcha. because I think agents need need yeah. sometimes one, sometimes the other, sometimes both. But no matter what, if the person who we're is we're you know we're 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 placing with, if that person has absolutely no systems, it's slower because the systems have to be have to be built and have to be integrated. Now, ninety percent of VAs don't have that capacity. You need to be able to actually to set them, exa- them up for yeah. success. Yeah. And, and I think so often we don't, as agents or as team leaders or as business owners, we don't take responsibility for setting those people up for success. It's the same thing with, with bring even, let's say that you're bringing on, you know, an agent onto your team to support with your volume of business, you still have to be able to train that person on how to function within the team, on the culture, the core values, and also how do you do things? Can I ask and, you, because um, yeah. this is very tangible, like one of the pain points for teams um, is they bring in someone. So I bring Josh onto my team. Thank you, Luke. Yep, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and Josh is happy with yeah. doing 20 sales a year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know Josh can do 40, right? Yeah. I, can, I just see the talent within him. I know he can do 40, but he's happy at 20. And yeah. I need agents that are doing 40. So for my business, I need them doing 40, but Josh is happy at 20. Did I hire wrong? Should I accept Josh at 20 because it's still making me money and he's happy? Like what's the, what, what advice would you give in that situation? I mean, it, that that's a really interesting question. And I think that there's not one answer for it because I would, I mean, my me personally, let's say that there's a hundred deals and yeah. it can be just like, you know, it can be, you know, set up. However, I would rather have two people doing 50 deals a year than have 10 people doing 10 deals a year. Right. Exactly. Like all day long, because it's like my overall overhead is also lower to manage and and to be able to pour into a train coach, help advise, you know, whatever, two people rather than 10. If, if, if let's say that Josh is an absolutely perfect culture fit, Probably. He brings, (laughs) obviously, (laughs) obviously, right? He brings so much of the intangible to the business. Then 
you figure it out and you make it work. Yeah. If, if Josh is not the perfect culture fit and isn't like a, I cannot possibly let this human being out of my life, then you replace Josh with yeah. someone who will do 40 deals. Now, I'm happy to hear you say that because I, 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 I like see that. it. Yeah, super similar. And then it's like, I always, it goes back to what you said at the beginning. It's why your vision is so important. Yeah. Because like if your vision and my thought process is like, hey, I love my impact on this world, my impact of people. I want to help them live the life that they are fulfilled in. Well, you're achieving that yeah. for Josh and you're making money in the process. So you've accomplished the vision. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it comes back so much to the the life you want to build, the 10 year vision that you want, that what does the team look like? That's why it's so yes. important to do that and you stick to it. And I think people where they get so lost is that in these moments where they have to make the tough decision where the person doesn't match their vision and they feel like mm-hmm. they failed. And a lot of that stems from the hiring. What advice would you give on hiring people? Like what type of questions to ask? What type of energy to look for? Any advice you could give us there? So really when you're looking at a person, it's very difficult to evaluate a human, right? Like there's, we're complex things, right? (laughs) So, So you want the right person, which we just talked about in terms of like, you know, perfect Josh, you know, the right person in the right seat. Right. And so sometimes you can have the right person in the wrong seat, right? That person is perfect for what you're built, what you're building, perfect for your team, perfect culture, but you're not using that person to their, you know, their, their, their advantage. They're not living and working in their zone of genius every day because you sometimes you don't have that role open yet. Um, or you have more than one person who, who is, you know, in that zone of genius, which also becomes difficult. So from an evaluation standpoint, I think that needs to be determined as early as possible from an interview process, from a, from a testing process. Um, you know, on your interviews, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Do you get really practical, like testing people skill-wise on your interviews? Not on the interviews, but we do have them do tests test tasks at a certain point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what we'll do is like initial interview, there's always something hidden in the initial job description. So I'll, I'll give you ours. Um, the word banana has to be in the subject line when the person sends us their initial application. Oh, that's interesting. So So that's how you weed out. Yeah, that's how you weed out if they're interested or not. They actually read it. Or if they actually are... are Versus a mass mass blast. Yeah. So so there's little little tweaks like that that you can do. Um, You know, and we also, once someone gets close to hiring, we... I hate the disc profile. Sorry. I know lots of people love it. Um, I just find that it is so, it it can be used incorrectly very easily. Mm. Um, And I think that it only gives us a small window of the information that we really need. So we use the Colby. Okay. And um, it gives us innate behaviors and like innate strengths and weaknesses. So what we'll do is we'll Colby that person. And based on those results, we'll, it, it'll give us information right off the bat. Is this person even in the realm of like the skill set and like the way that this person just is, the way that they be? Is that a fit for the, the specific role that we're looking for? Um, I think that what sometimes what happens, especially in real estate, we will find someone's sister or cousin or 
something and that person is really, really wonderful. And we need to, we're, we're trying to find some, something for them, mm. which is the opposite of what we really want to do. What we want to do is define the role, the expectations, the responsibilities, the mm. outcomes, the ROI, every single person in, on your team should have an ROI and then fit and find the right person for for that role. Yeah. And it and like I said it's a combination of right person, so culture fit, values fit, and then also skills. And when we when we're looking at skills, sometimes you can hire without the skills. As long as the innate ability is there and you have the bandwidth to train for the skills. What you is have the to skills, be honest. What is the skills test that you're doing? It's just it, like, it's the test tasks for whatever that is for the role. Oh, okay. But gotcha. sometimes what'll happen is like someone will come to us. They're a perfect culture fit. Yep. They're innately talented at the thing that we need, but they've never done that job before. Mm-hmm. So then we have to ask ourselves, do we have the bandwidth and do we have the time, to- like the, the time, the bandwidth and the, and the runway to train this person? That's so good. Or do we need to hire someone who is a culture fit and can literally be dropped in and start producing immediately? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, you just need to get more Josh's on your team. (laughs) Obviously. So takeaway that I got. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for four years now. Unbelievable. And we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts, and other popular platforms and much more. Look, if you want to be the professional in your area, the real estate agent, the financial advisor in your community that has the podcast, this is a great opportunity for you to get started. Plus, as a friend of Stay Paid, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There's never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND to get started and create your first podcast today. One of the things is that like what I love what you're saying is two golden nuggets there. One is like, do you ever return on investment for each position? I love that. That yeah. is so good. It's like the definition of success. What does success look like? And does that person yeah. know it? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if they know it, like the number one place that we fail in our business constantly is communication. Mm-hmm. It's like it all mm-hmm. boils back to a miscommunication of expectations versus their perception. It's just unbelievable how that is. And if you have like that definition of success, that ROI, that is so powerful. And to get that aligned before you even hire of like, this is what I'm hiring for regardless of the persons. And I need to find somebody that could do this. Like, this is what I'm paying for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from the community, like with, in regards to the communication piece, you know, maybe if that's, if that's an issue, maybe we need to start looking at like, what are the core values of the company? So our first core value, we have, we have, they spell CAPES. So C-A-P-E-S. Nice. Um, our first core value is clear and compassionate communication. So if somebody is not asking for help, communicating or, you know, communicating whatever it is in a clear, concise and compassionate way, they're actually working against our core values. So they're not in alignment with our core values. I love that. And, and having that be 
like, like essentially like front end of everything that we do has been an absolute game changer because I am, when we're looking at a Colby, I'm what's called a quick start. I'm like, there's different things that are, that are rated on a, on a one to 10. I'm a 10 quick start. And I'm a two fact finder, which means I need very little information in order to make a decision and do something, right? I'm like your quintessential entrepreneur, yep. right? But let's say that like Ashley, who is my COO and who is essentially my right hand, she is a much higher fact finder. So I have had to learn how to properly communicate with Ashley so that I... Be, so, because she used to all the time be like, just send me this thing. I have no idea what this is and why I'm doing it. And like, and so I've had to learn how to clearly and compassionately communicate with Ashley and give her enough information for her to actually take action. Mm. So it's, it's not only learning about yourself, but it's also learning about how to navigate communication with, with everyone else on your team. Yeah, I love that. I've never taken the Colby. I would like to take that. I feel Absolutely. like I've done all, I've been predictive index. I've done Myers this, Briggs. Any Myers Briggs. Never done the Colby. That's awesome. So, uh, Jess, tell me then, because um, <clears throat> I didn't know, I didn't expect to focus on on the team aspect this entire interview, but I think hmm. it's awesome. I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah. That, I that, kind of stared at that way. Sorry, no, selfishly. No, I, I love For it. the audience, I, I have a lot of people that are struggling with teams. So yeah, but like, it is it is true. And this is like really, really good stuff. And if and if this is even a taste of what they're going to get in your book, then it's going to be a fantastic book for people to pick up. Tell me though, from a leadership perspective, like what do you tell to your team mm-hmm. members that are struggling? What do you, what do you, how, how do you kind of pick people up, whether, whether it's motivating them or if they're struggling, you know, in, in their business or just, you know, in general? I think that again, it comes down to really, really good core values because you need to be able to hire and fire and review based on things that are not emotional. And so I think sometimes what happens is from a leadership standpoint, we give feedback and it's not taken well, or because there's, it's, there's, it's humans and there's an, there's an emotional charge between, you know, the person and the feedback and the other person. And, and it can, it can get really messy. And so again, we lean 100% on our core values. I'm going to run you through quickly just what they are and then how we use them. Cause I think it's like a really great example. And these core values did not get, get created in like a 10 minute meeting. This has been years and years of them being refined. So we've got clear and compassionate communication, always celebrating personal responsibility, evolutionary and servant leadership. Mm. So those are uh, that that's what our capes stands for. And each and everything in there is incredibly intentional because we can say this is what being in alignment looks like from a behavior standpoint. And this is what being out of alignment from a behavior standpoint looks like. And so when we do reviews or feedback or anything, everything comes back to the core values. And we're able to say you know, you're in or out of alignment with this core value. Like this needs, this needs to change. Explain evolutionary. That one's interesting to me. So evolutionary is something that is really important to us because it basically means, are you as a human being and uh, in your role evolving Mm -hmm. on your own? So like an example is someone on my team the other day said, Hey, I found this course that I think would be absolutely amazing and would make me better at what I do. I'm like, great, I'll pay for it. Mm, Go do it. 
right? So that is the, that's like, that, that is the definition of evolutionary. Are you actively and intentionally growing as a human Mm -hmm. on your own and in, in the role, in the, in, with what you're doing, are you becoming and and or tr- at least trying to become better and better at it? Would example, would you use that like, I'm just going to create a hypothetical here, but let's say you have, like for us, I can use us as an example. Okay, so we have an email yeah. product we do for real estate agents. One of the things that we have mm-hmm. to do is make sure we produce content that, um, you know, gets opened, right? That people actually enjoy it because yeah. if you're sending out emails and don't course, get open, it's course. just spam, right? So if you're a person delivering, you know, creating that content and, you know, responsible for trying to get those open rates and they're not doing that, would you approach them through the lens of the core value going, hey, you know, yeah. this this issue is happening. We need you to that's evolve. A personal, that's personal responsibility. Oh, that would be personal responsibility to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you are you owning the results that are coming from the work that you're doing. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. so, what's so interesting, the the point I would make to everybody is, you know, when we created the vision and mission, and I didn't realize this at the time of our company, but now I've come to learn it's an incredible tool because it allows you to have communication that is not about you. <laughs> So, 100%. It's not, it, it, I feel or I think exactly. or anything it, like it's, that. This yeah. is the vision. This is the mission. This is where you know, we're all, that's why we joined this organization. That's why we're all together. It's for this. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with me or, or you. It has everything to do with both of us and our actions, but it's for this purpose. And it's basically a way to have combos with people and align people. And the same applies to core values. And we don't, I don't think, I have to ask John, but the fact that I don't know means we probably don't do it, is address every feedback through the lens of our core values. That is such a powerful we golden nugget. We used to nugget. do um, our reviews, annual reviews. We did. With, we used to do the reviews, but not yeah. like the actual day-to-day actual feedback. feedback. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. such so a So I'll give you an nugget. example of, of another way that we use them. On um, So we use Discord for team communication because okay. we're teenage gamer boys. <laughs> um, we love it. We love it from a business standpoint, though. Um, and and so all of, like everything that all of our team communication happens in Discord. We have a channel at the end of every week called Weekly Capes Reflection. And every person on the team goes through each core value at the end of the day on a Friday and puts down something that they did or a way that they embodied the core values that week. Wow. So it is constantly at the forefront of everybody's mind. And it's reviewed every week. It's celebrated, always celebrating being one of our core values. Um, that is celebrated. And it's it's really become a big part of every meeting that we have conversations that we have so that again, it's not personal. It's, it's really like, this is how we do things. This is who we are. Fundamentally, you're either with us or you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Just awesome stuff. I mean, another great uh, time uh, interview here. I mean, it's so clear that like you are a lot of people preach, right? But it's so yeah. clear that you're practicing <laughs> what you're preaching and, and what you're uh, giving advice on. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you and how they can get your book. So the easiest place to get the book is amazon.com or .ca. It's there for both. There's a Kindle version as well. My audiobook, I am going to be 
painfully listening to my own voice this weekend <laughs> so that I can I can get it to the publisher and make sure that it's 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 out soon. Um, connect with me. My Facebook group is probably the easiest option. It's just the listings lab method for real estate agents. There's about 30,000 agents in there. Um, there's always trainings. There's always all kinds of stuff that we, uh, that we offer every single day. So that's probably the place that I'm the most active on a daily basis. That's awesome. Thanks again for being here, Jess. And thank you all so much for listening. You can get those links that Jess mentioned along with the video of this episode over at staypaidpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, there's only two ways we ask you to show your support. The first way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, just like GProbe7 did. Drop us a five-star review and a comment, and we will read it here on the show. And the best way to show your support is just to tell a friend. Share this episode with somebody. Uh, Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a team member. Maybe it's one of your direct reports. Maybe it's just sharing on social media. But go ahead and share this episode. We really appreciate that. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And, of course, you can find us on all the social platforms at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree. What a powerful interview, Jess. Thank you again. A lot of great golden nuggets from that. Man, it's so hard to choose the action item, but uh, so I'm going to give one action item for every single person. And then, you know, those who have teams, I want to challenge you to do a little bit more. So the action item for every single person is do the energy audit. Do the, I think that would be really, really powerful for everybody to do. There's actually an energy audit template and everything that you need in the book, there's a link that will take you to a core, a free course. And the energy audit is in there with instructions. That is amazing. See, I didn't even know that. So that's the action item. Do the energy audit. If you have a team or you're thinking about having a team, the two places I would look first is, and you should do this even if you don't have a team. I can't help myself. What are your core values? And do you have those down? And remember, it's not a 10-minute exercise, right? Mm -hmm. This is literally something that also can be shaped over time. But it's like, who are you really? And what is the, the, is that aligned to the vision, right, that you're trying to accomplish for your life and for your business? And then the second, which is really tangible, so many good action items for this, ROI per position, per Mm -hmm. position. What is the ROI you expect per position? If you don't have a team, do that on yourself. What's the ROI you expect from yourself? Because <laughs> if you don't have that, you'll never hit the target that doesn't exist. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 